0: as we think of these disciples out on that night, Peter announced, he, he said, I go a-fishing, petulant Peter. He couldn't wait any longer. Obviously, they needed food. They needed to sustain themselves somehow. Little did he know the timing, if the Lord would appear, how and when. And so he announced, I go a-fishing. And the others just joined along, and off they went to fish. And they spent the whole night. Casting their net, casting their net, and each time it was empty. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Goller here, and I trust that today the Lord is blessing you and helping you in your own walk with God. If you joined in here on the station and caught us just perhaps by divine providence, then welcome. Thank you for joining with us on the program today. To all our regular listeners who join us here Monday to Friday 5 a.m. or 5 p.m., and I must say it never feels to surprise me the number of people who join us at 5 a.m., maybe up getting out in the morning and on their commute to work, and I just appreciate the interest and this opportunity to bring you the message of God's Word. I trust this will be a word for your day a word that will guide you and encourage you in the things of God. We have a beautiful hymn today. It's called, He Giveth More Grace, sung by Alan McGill. And, of course, it's the daily grace, that spiritual power strengthening us in the inner man that makes the Christian life such a strength to our lives. We also have the message on John 21, hope. For men in despair, based on those seven apostles who went fishing and caught nothing. Oh, have we not been there serving, working, laboring, toiling, and come up with nothing? And it's not until we recognize our own total defeat, and then recognize the need of the Lord, that he is able to command us to cast the net on the right side of the ship and instantly there's a complete catch. The Lord can do those things in our lives, and we're trusting him for it. May he bless you today through his word. Now, it was a command without hesitation. The Lord did not suggest, well, think about something. No, he commanded them. He didn't give them an option. He gave them a command, cast the net on the right side of the ship. And there was no complaining, not even in the best condition. They were so close to shore, just 100 yards, 200 cubits, it says. That's pretty close to the shore. And they cast their net right there, and it was filled. Sometimes we say, well, you know, if we were in a different location, if we were in a different part of the world, a different part of the country, it would be easier not just to be a Christian, but to serve the Lord. If we were in a different church, maybe, it would be easier to be bright and to have power to serve God. But really, what we need to do is to be obedient to the Lord's command. And the Lord made these disciples obedient. He is the one who commands them, and they do his bidding. Now, when the Lord calls his servants— he makes them willing. That's true in salvation. It's also true in service. No one goes to the mission field reluctantly if he's really called. No one goes out into some kind of Christian ministry and does it as if there's a gun to their head, as if they need to be probed and pushed. When the will of God is being worked in a person's heart, they have the heart to do the work that God has given them to do. And as our hymn says, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. And it's true. And so they went without hesitation, and they cast the net. Now, it was a command of hope for these men who had been failures. Many preachers and perhaps Sunday school teachers or those who serve the Lord in various ways they want to give up. They want to go back. They want to quit. But when you get a catch like this, that argument's gone. That desire's gone. And they wanted to—they were rejoicing. They were absolutely thrilled and excited. Now, it was a very specific command. They were to cast the net on the right side of the ship. Now, right, left, which is right and which is wrong. Is left wrong? Is it wrong to fish on that side of the boat? What was the Lord showing them? He's simply showing them that if you obey me explicitly, you'll have my blessing. And there are times when the Lord speaks and the Lord directs us, and we just have to say, yes, Lord. There was no reason, but it was the Lord's test to their obedience to him. We may think it doesn't matter— where we serve or how we serve, but it really does. If God says, don't touch the ark, it'll kill you to do it. If God says, speak to the rock, don't smite it, it'll keep you out of the promised land. If God says, go to Moriah and there offer up your son or make a sacrifice, well, that's where God one day will build his Jerusalem but Abram didn't know that on that occasion. And so we need to learn obedience and listen for the Lord's command. Now, this is nothing new. It's the way God's servants have had to serve God down the years. Listen to this little uh, hymn or poem. Who walks with God must take his way, Across far distances and grey, to goals that others do not see, where others do not care to be. Who walks with God must have no fear when danger and defeat appear, nor stop when every hope seems gone, for God, our God, moves ever on. Who walks with God must press ahead when sun and cloud is overhead, when all the waiting thousands cheer or when they only stop to sneer, when all the challenge leaves the hours, and naught is left but faded powers. But he will someday reach the dawn, for God, our God, moves ever on. And then there's a little statement by Frances Havergal. She was the English version of um, the hymn writer who was blind in New York. What was her name? Sorry? Um, no. What was her name? Fanny. Yes, Fanny Crosby. That's the one. That's the one I'm looking for. She was the English version of Fanny Crosby. She was blind, and yet she wrote beautiful hymns. She said this, Master, speak, thy servant heareth, waiting for thy gracious word." Longing for thy voice that cheereth, Master, let it now be heard. I am listening, Lord, for thee. What hast thou to say to me? And I want you tonight to think on this experience of the disciples. I want you to see how the Lord was dealing with them. He appeared in the midst of their fishing he asked them the obvious question, have you any meat? Have you caught any fish? The answer is no. And he extracts from them that humbling response, no. And he is dealing with us that he points to our failure, that he might direct us to the path of blessing. And we need to say, Lord, bring me to the place. Work in my heart a total surrender— an absolute yielding of heart, mind, and life, that you might make me cast the net on the right side, where you will bless my service for thee. And I beg you tonight to get your life to the place where you are totally surrendered to the Lord in this. We have learned that the Lord does not bless half hearted service. He does not bless those who work by pride. He blesses those who come to him in all their need and plead for his grace. Now, also, the Lord showed himself in the catch. It says here in verse 6 that he said, "'Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find.' They cast, therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Now, I have come to the conclusion that after looking at that little word, now, in verse 6, they cast, therefore, and now, that little word was the moment of immediate catch. Immediately, now, those fish were in the net. And I read it like this. As soon as they cast the net, this was startlingly miraculous. This was more than just coincidence that they ran into a shoal of fish, especially when they'd been out all night and caught nothing. And just to drop the net, and bang, all those fish are in the net. It was with great surprise, great surprise. And how often God does that in in our lives. There are those things that we thought could never happen. God has done it. God has been pleased to work in a gracious demonstration of His power. So it was an instant catch. It was a large catch. If you look at verse 11, it says, they drew the net to land full of great fishes. These were not little minnows. These were not those little little squirmy things that you've got to cast back in again. These were great fishes, 153 hundred and fifty and three. Now, I heard a preacher many years ago, and he expounded at great length that in that lake there were a total of 153 different species of fish, and that in that net there was one of each different species. Now, I haven't seen the proof of that, And I won't preach that, but all I can say is 153 large fish versus none is a miraculous catch, and is definitely the Lord's doing. And of course, when God is pleased to bless the work of the gospel and open up a new door, stir up the hearts of men, cause the blessing, then after failure, we have to say, this is the Lord. It is the Lord, as John said. Now, it was a very revealing catch, therefore, because it was John who first said, it is the Lord. Peter was the first to fish, but John was the first to recognize the Savior. He was the apostle of love. Love, well it has its own sense. It just knows. And John, who had spent so much time with his Lord and Savior, he knew, he just knew, this is the Lord. And of course, then Peter jumped overboard. This is a bit reminiscent of the time when he walked on the water. Peter, without regard to many things, regard to the fish, regard to the others. He was the one who led them. Now he's jumping into the water, and he is going directly to the Lord. The fish didn't really matter, but the fact that it was the Lord really did. Now having said all that, it was a safe catch because the net did not break, as in previous cases where the net broke, this one did not. And in this incident, they were all gathered in And we can see, again, a wonderful truth. When the Lord is in control of the fishing, every fish is brought home. When the Lord is building his church, when the Lord is saving his people, every one whom he will catch, he brings them home, as these fish were brought safely to the shore. It was a very rewarding catch, In verse 12, we have the Lord saying to these disciples, come and dine. He fed them breakfast. I don't think that the Lord fed them with the fish that the disciples caught. There was bread and fish already prepared, and the breakfast meal was ready, and he gave the invitation, come and dine. And of course, the Lord would build up them up in the faith. He revealed themselves. And what was the Lord doing? He was preparing them for the great mission they were soon to be upon. They learned in the physical realm of fishing that while they were failures could catch nothing, that the Lord would give them fish. And as he would thrust them forth to be missionaries of the cross to preach the gospel, by the power of man, nothing can be accomplished. But with the power of God, great things can be done and accomplished. And down in the rest of this chapter, you will see how the Lord is dealing with Peter. He is saying, feed my sheep, feed my lambs. And he goes on to commission him to this great work of serving the Lord. And so, the message here tonight really is never give up. Never give up, no matter what the failure no matter what the the difficulties, never give up. God is not going to convert the whole world. He's not going to save every fish in the sea, but he's going to call out a people. He's going to call out ones and twos, and in some cases hundreds, and in some cases thousands. And he's going to build his church. And around the world tonight, the Lord is is gathering in His people. He has the power to draw men and bring them into the gospel net. And when we do God's work, God's way, at His command, we expect the harvest of souls. And we need to keep on believing in what God has ordained, in the preaching of the Word, in prayer, and praise. We should be a happy people. We should have the spirit of thanksgiving. And there should be joy in our souls. And these are God's terms. He bids us come, rally, bring others, get fish into the net, labor. And with God's blessing, we will see the church built. We are given this great commission to serve the Lord. And I trust that we will have days when he will show himself, as he did here to these disciples, and to commission them to this great work. I wonder tonight, have you dedicated your heart and life to the Lord? Have you surrendered your all? Do you acknowledge that without the Lord's blessing, that you can do nothing? nothing, and that all your efforts and all your struggles will come to nothing. It's a hard lesson to learn. It's a very humbling lesson to learn. But until we get to that place where we abandon every human hope and lean only on the Lord, until then, there will be that distance, the Lord not showing himself. And so tonight, let us unite our service for God and our readiness to go through with him and trust him for the harvest and the gathering of precious souls that will glorify the Lord.
1: When the burdens grow greater, he sendeth more strength when the labors increase. Who added affliction, he added his mercy. Who multiplied trials, his multiplied peace. His love has no limit. His grace has no measure. His power has no boundary known unto man. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus he giveth and giveth. And give us Father's forgiving is only begun. His love has no limit. His grace has no measure. His power has no wonder in known unto man. For our of his infinite riches in...
0: You're listening to Let the Bible Speak. This is our broadcast from the Free Presbyterian Church in Cloverdale. And my name is Ian Golliher, spelt go without a T, Golliher. And I hope that you can listen day by day as we bring you the message of the gospel, mornings five and evenings five here in the greater Vancouver area. And I trust that the Lord will minister to your heart. Over the month of March, we have been ministering on the cross. Now, I want to focus on service, service for Christ. And if you are saved, redeemed by the blood, if you're a professing Christian, then your burden will be to serve the Lord, to have your life spent for the Savior, not given over to the flesh. We're to deny the flesh and to deny the world renouncing the world, and to serve only the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and as our Savior. And never think that what you do for Jesus is ever lost. No, it is no vain thing to serve the Lord. There are many vain things in this world. There are people that spend their whole lives pursuing money, pursuing material things and pleasures of all kinds, and it's like sand running through their fingers. They have nothing at the end. Many lives are spent, but really there is nothing accomplished. A discouraged young doctor in one of our large cities was visited by his father who came from a rural district. "'Well, son,' he said, "'how are you getting along?' I'm not getting along at all, was the answer. The old man's countenance fell, but he spoke courage and patience and hope. Later in the day he went with his son to the free dispensary. He sat in silence while twenty-five poor unfortunates received help. When the door had closed upon the last one, the old man burst out. I thought you had told me you were doing nothing. Why, If I had helped out twenty-five people in a month, I would thank God that my life counted for something. There isn't any money in it, though, explained the son. Money? The old man shouted. What is money in comparison with being useful to your fellow men? And that's the point. Many think that money is the end of all things. No, it's not the end. It's a means to an end. The end, the purpose for which God has saved you is to glorify God. And you do that by serving others. Men will know that you've been with Jesus when you love others as yourself. In another little account in serving others, in Jesus' name, and that's what the Christian does, we serve Christ in Jesus' name. We are in reality serving him. How this truth thrills us in service. In disguise, the Lord Jesus presents himself in the piteous plea of the hungry, the sick, the homeless ones. This thought is summed up in the closing verse of the poem. Then, in a moment, to my view, the stranger darted from disguise the tokens in his hand I knew. My Savior stood before mine eyes. He spoke, and my poor name he named. Of me thou hast not been ashamed. These deeds shall thy memorial be. Fear not, thou didst them unto me. And that is the attitude that the Lord takes when we serve others in his name even a cup of cold water, given in Jesus' name, we shall in no wise lose our reward. And so, I beseech you, do something for Christ today. Go now, drop what you're doing, and do something for the Lord Jesus. Go with your Bible and quote a verse to somebody. Tell them that you're a Christian. Invite them to church. Phone them up and say, come with me to hear the gospel, the good news that Jesus saves. Some people think that serving God is made up of of life commitment and decisions. No, it's the little things that really count. And if you serve the Lord in the little things, he will lead you to make you to be in charge of much. And so go serve the Lord today, and may the Lord bless you for serving him.